But say you're you're kind of like still the solopreneur, you're doing a lot of, maybe you have a little bit of a team. How can you maybe decrease your profits for a shorter period of time to figure out what it is that you really want to do? This is Chan with The Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Steph, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Max. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming on again. And once you give people an introduction about you uh, and what you do and your career journey. Sure, absolutely. So Max, I started out in college. I wanted to be an artist and kind of got talked out of that by my parents to take a path that would probably have more job security. And so I went into nursing. I love science, love art. So they were, I was already taking all of those courses and went into nursing without the intent of staying there. I was going to go to nursing, get a job, have income and go back to art school. Well, then of course life happened and marriage and, and a child and, and all the things and went back to art school in my thirties, still working as a nurse. And it was like literally the best time of my life. It really kind of opened my mind to what was possible. And then I still couldn't figure out how to like you know, I had bills to pay and a child to support and those kind of things. So I really never loved nurse like that, just like being a nurse. Like, I mean, nurses are great, all of that, but like the job part I didn't like. So I went back to anesthesia school. So, oh God, I don't know how many years ago. I'm a nurse anesthesiologist and I really do love that work. But a few years ago, I was still questioning, I'm like, this is really not the thing that like totally fires me up. And so I just started like doing some journaling and really what is it that I want to do. And I came up with this thing that I help people do with coaching. And it is kind of like, you know, getting clarity in what it is that you want to do in your career, in your life, whether you're making money at it or not, you have to have this outlet of like, yeah, this is my genius. This is what I'm going for. So I came up with this process called the genius identity code. And that's what I really love to take people through. And really, what is it that you really desire to do to leave your mark in the world. And I feel like that's so important for us to have that thing that really fires us up and lights us up, but also is having an impact on other people too. So you were a nurse in your 20s, right? And then you went into art, am mm -hmm. I correct? Okay. And you're also doing nursing part-time during that phase as well. So what is your advice in regards to people that want to make career change in their 30s, right? So how it works is like people go to school, they find a job related to what they studied in their 20s, and then they build up their career there. Then they maybe they fall out of love in their career. Uh, they want to do something new, but they're worried about having to start over, especially in the 30s where they might have additional responsibilities. Maybe they have a mortgage now, maybe they have a family. So they right. have that fear of wanting to start they have a fear of needing to start over to get to where they want to go. And then there's also all those financial commitments they have to make, but they know that they're not happy with where they are. So they found the clarity that they need in order to find the happiness they want, but they're too scared to make that move because they don't want to have to completely start over. So what's your right. uh, thoughts and advice on that scenario? Such a great question. I feel like it's really just a great place to be. So first of all, you can look at it a couple of ways. You're kind of like at a fork in the road, right? You're in your 30s. You're like, oh gosh, I'm like starting to get stuff and have stuff. And I'm not like 
really so much on the hamster wheel of like, like starting to like build this life, but it's also not the life that fires me up. So there's this one road you keep going and you're 30, right? So like you're going to work till maybe you're lucky and you invest in some really great stuff and you retire at 50. That doesn't happen for a lot of people. They've got 65 and 70 and now the life expectancy is just keeps going up. So what if you live till you're 90? <laughs> okay, but you don't have to work that long, right? But you still have, like, if you're in your 30s, you still have 30, probably for most people, you still have 30 more years to live and work. I mean, 30 more years to work. So it's this question of, do I want to keep doing the same thing for another 30 years? And for me, here's my litmus test. It's the pH testing of how it's like, when the alarm clock goes off in the morning, are you excited to get out of bed or are you like full of dread? Are you just like, oh gosh, uh, I got to do this another day. I got to do this another year before my next vacation or whatever. And so it becomes a you know thing of like, okay, what is it that I want to do? Back to your question of like, okay, I have the clarity. Now what do I do? And so I feel like for most people, they just can't make the jump. And so it's building up like a skill set or a part time for like that for me and for a lot of people that I know and work with. It was a transition from I have to do this part time, but I'm still going to pursue the thing that lights me up until I can get the skill set and the confidence to make the jump. Absolutely. Let's take a step back and talk about professionals that have not achieved that career clarity, but they know what mm -hmm. they're doing at that moment is not what they want to do. How do you help people or what do you suggest people do in order to find that career clarity they need in order to move their career in the direction that of where they actually want to go? Oh, I love this. This is my favorite part because this is really literally what I love to help people do. Ask lots of questions. Follow your curiosity. Uh, like, So I will give you one example of a really short test that people can do to kind of help them to get some clarity. But First, I take people back to their childhood of what it was that they love to do. What do they spend their time doing? What are their values? What do they really want to be doing every day when they get out of bed in the morning? But it's kind of cool to get other people's input. And so I learned this from someone else. I didn't create this, but it's called the gifts, like a present, a gift, the gifts email. So I ask people to pick five people that know them well, friends, family, colleagues, anybody that like really knows how you kind of like your operating system and, and email them this email, something along the lines of like, hey, you know, can you help me out here? I'm working on some, you know, internal work and trying to name my gift. And you ask them what they find fascinating about you what they would come to you and ask you for help with or some way that they've impacted your life or something that they see is kind of like your natural gift or talent or genius. And you get all these and ask them to share five different words with you or, or adjectives or adverbs or whatever. And you get these names of things and people will start seeing these repeats and like, oh my God, I didn't realize I had this great talent at that. And then when you marry that with a problem that you can solve, you have created your own path. Exactly. And the other thing about career clarity in terms of like paving your uh, path, right? Like another thing is external factors or external influences. So what I'm trying to get at is, let's say you make a six-figure income in banking, but you want to do something that's lower paying, but you're passionate about it. 
then right. you have your friends and family saying, no, don't do that. Like you're going to take a big dip in salary. So like you're going to lose that prestige, right? So mm-hmm. what do you recommend in terms of battling those types of obstacles where people are trying, their, their heart's in the right place in regards to helping you keep good opportunity, but you know that that's not something that you want. You want to do something else, but there's that disapproval that you're fighting against. So what's your re- recommendation to overcome those types of situations? Yeah, this is such a great question. It's so hard for people, especially I think people when they hit about 50, which I'm over that. So it's really easy for me to talk about this. And I've every question that you've hit on, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been there. I've been to this place. I've been to this place. It is so easy. You just have to get to a point where you're comfortable in your own skin. For me, it also comes down to that fork in the road. Do I want to keep living the life that someone else wants to create for me and I, or am I ready to do my own thing and take the flack from it? This is another great test and it's not one that I created. When you're 85 and you're sitting on your porch and you're looking out, you've retired, you've done, maybe you've done all the things that you wanted to do. Maybe you've got things left undone, but you're sitting there on that porch on the rocking chair, just thinking back over your life and you're like, oh, wow, I wish I wouldn't have listened to, I wish I would have gone and done this thing that's been on my mind almost every day for so long, or I'm going to regret listening to these other people that wanted, they had good intentions for me. Like my mother wanted me to be in the sciences or in medical field. It was a great intention and it got me a lot of places. I'm not disappointed in what the past that my life took. But it took me a long time to have my own voice of what it was that I really wanted to do. And I really think that it starts with listening to your heart's desire of like, what am I curious about? What do I really want to do? What gets me excited to get out of bed in the morning? And if I just keep following those things, I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to know how I'm going to have the job or the career or the path or whatever. But if I just keep getting excited about the things that excite me and following that and not turning that voice off, playing with it, then it's going to lead me where I want to go. We talk about age, right? Yeah. Why do you think like when you're younger, in your 20s, you always want the approval of others, but then as you get older, you don't really care about people's opinions and you just do your own thing? I think here's what you do. I think here's what happened to me, right? So I wanted the approval of my parents. I wanted the approval of this. And I just kept doing the things that I thought would bring the approval. And they did approve. I mean, I have great parents. This is not about that. It's like we get neurochemical downloads from all the things that we do that make us feel good. And I believe that at some point it was like, okay, I did all these things, but I'm still trying to get approval and I'm still not really doing the thing that I want to do. And so it It's this conditioning over and over of like, yeah, I keep doing this thing to try to get this approval. And it's either one, it's either at a boy or at a girl, you did a great job, but it still doesn't bring me the internal desired pleasure that I want, the thing that I'm seeking, or it gets to a point where like it finally clicks that I have to go be my own person and do my own journey. I have to create my own adventure. And that's kind of like what happened for me. Speaking of parents, right? Like a lot of kids want approval of their parents. So they always try to do things to appease their parents, right? But eventually that becomes exhausting. So for example, like in Asian culture, you have the standard like just get a good education, get a good job, right? It's very status focused. And a lot of these people, they they get frustrated and they don't want to do it. They want to do like something more creative. 
So how do you fight that battle between doing what you want to do, but then having that uncomfortable talk or presence with your parents? And of course, I can't speak to Asian culture. I know I've heard this before, and I think it's similar in other cultures, in certain families or whatever. And I feel like it's just, you just have to make that decision. Are you going to keep going down this path? It's so hard to see when you're 20 or 25 or 30, when you're really, for me, getting out of college. And I'm like, I'm like just trying to make money and get a job. Like, I'm not really thinking about long-term happiness. It's like when you just keep going down this path that really wasn't the path meant for you. I mean, and that's also debatable. It's like every experience that we have kind of guides us back to our true North, right? It's like, oh, that was a wrong term or was it? I really learned something from this and thank you universe. Now I'm going to try to get my magnet back on my true north. And so I think it's just, we have all these external influences and we just kind of have to make this decision. And at some point it's going to be the hard discussion of like mom and dad, thank you for wanting to take really good care of me and having my best interests at heart. But you know, 30 years down the road, this is not what I want to be doing or just tomorrow, this is what I want to be doing. And you just have to like make that decision to be uncomfortable with other people's feelings and emotions, right? Yeah. So we talk about like career changes, right? Let's say, again, you have a six-figure job at the bank and then you want to do something more creative. The other example, I would say an extreme example is quitting a nine-to-five job and starting your own business, which you've helped a lot of clients on your side from reading your bio. So how about that situation where you have a stable income and then you just say, hey, I want to go all in on this business idea I have. Or the other way is like you ease into it where you do it part-time on the side after work and right. then you work your nine to five. But eventually you do have to make that jump regardless. So what's right. your advice in terms of like talking to family and friends in regards to making that big leap? So I never encourage anybody to quit a nine to five before they know their plan's going to work. Right. Because we do have to support ourselves. We do have to like, and I mean, there has to be some backup plan of like, okay, I'm going to try this for six months, but yet I can still get another job. There have been people that have said, listen, I can't take one more second of this. I take a lot of risk. I'm pretty adventurous. I'm like, I'm willing to take a risk, but I think you have to find your risk tolerance. Just kind of like if you were investing in the stock market, right? Like some people would say, you need to invest in bonds and maybe just a little bit of this. Oh, no, you have a moderate risk tolerance and you have a. So I feel like you have to find your own personal risk tolerance of like what you're willing to do. And for me, it was like, I'm not quitting my job. I have like I make multiple six figures a year. I take care of people. I do good in the world. And I like what I do, but it's not the thing that I'm just totally passionate about. So I'm going to do this other thing on the side. And I think you just have to figure out how you can make it work for you. I think the problem for people is that it becomes overwhelming to do the nine to five and to try to figure out all of the other things on their own in their spare time and make it work. And so that becomes, I feel like the real challenge of getting from point A of like, I have this nine to five that I really don't feel comfortable leaving because I haven't proven this other thing to where I want to go. So it's figuring out how to close that gap between the nine to five and this. Some people have a big nest egg and they're like, okay, I'm just going to go through my nest egg and I'm going to do the you know, entrepreneurial idea. And then if it doesn't work, then I'll go back to the nine to five. So I really, 
I think it's a not a one size fits all. I think it's, again, thinking about the big picture of like, how can I make this work in what I'm comfortable with, with my risk tolerance idea. Speaking of getting a proven concept, right? There's a difference between like proof of concept and being like overconfident. So an example would be, let's say you started this side hustle and hypothetically it picks up in like month six, seven, you make like, let's say 10K a month. Uh, and I think that that's pretty good for a side hustle. Sure. And then what happens is like, you say, okay, I think I'm, I'm good now. I'm gonna quit my job. And then for whatever reason, it then it starts tanking. Then the 10K becomes like 5K and now you're scrambling, right? Yeah. But sometimes they, some people might see a little bit of like a significant success and they think it's time to jump. But what's your take? Like, should they wait a bit more? There's never really a right time to really jump. So yeah. is, is there some like signs to make your I don't, decision more I don't know. Pardon me. I didn't mean to interrupt. Here's kind of the way I see it. If you get to 10K a month and you're still working your job, depending on where you're trying to get to and what you need to have per month or whatever. So if you can make it on 10K a month and you've done that with a job, my thought process is like, okay, I'm working 40 hours a week and I'm making 10K a month on the side. What could I make if I didn't have this 40 hour work equal, right? Okay. So that would be like, if I could at least double that. Okay. Now I think what I understand your question is, but what if that changes and it drops to 5K a month? I'm still at the point of like, if I did this once working a 40 hour work week, there might be some tweak that I need to make in my marketing message or something, depending on what it is that you're doing, right? If you're selling widgets and they're no longer relevant, I don't. So there's so many, there's so many possibilities here, but I just feel like if you can figure out how to make 10 K a month working a 40 hour work week and you get to that where it's consistent for two or three months, you're like, okay, I'm confident to leave my job and I can still pay my bills for the next six months. My risk tolerance would be make the jump because like, you know, no telling what you can do with an extra 40 hours a week. Now that's not advice. It's a risk tolerance, but it's just kind of like asking the question of like, what could I do with another 40, 50 hours a week? You know, a 40 hour work week is really more than 40 hours of work, right? Because you're getting up and you're traveling for most people. And so you're probably thinking like 50 hours of work a week or whatever. So you're going to have a lot more time. And to spin it back like full circle, when we first had our conversation, we were talking about like achieving career clarity when it comes to like you have a career and you want to change it up because you're not really passionate about it. I'm assuming this also happens for business owners. They built up a business, whether it's like six, seven figures, eight figures, but now they've lost interest. But now it's even worse for a business owner because in a career, in a job, you can always switch jobs because jobs have certain salary ranges, right? But right. switching your business completely is you're basically going from like eight figures to zero because that might be a completely different niche market. So now we're going to talk about the how to get out of a business that you no longer love, but now you worry about all the money losses that you would do if you decide right. to switch, right? So, so what's your thoughts on that? So I'm working with a couple of people right now that are seven figure business owners. And like, all I do is like, go do the next thing to keep this machine running, right? It's really kind of the same thing, depending on your income. So if you're a seven figure business owner, are you making enough to hire some people to like run the operations? And all you got to do is like, if you can decrease your time where you're not working like if you're a seven figure business owner, are you working 40 hours a week or have you got it all streamlined and you've got a team and you're working 20 hours a week? So there's so many different scenarios here, right? But say you're, you're kind of like still the solopreneur, you're doing a lot of, maybe you have a little bit of a team. How can you maybe decrease your profits 
for a shorter period of time to figure out what it is that you really want to do. Like, Max, I want to get this into school systems. I want people to figure out how to do this from an early age of not following the path that's going to get them age 30 going, this is not what I wanted to do. Yes, I'm making money. I'm surviving on the planet. But what is it that I can do to impact more people, bring me more happiness and joy, and therefore spread that to more people? And I feel like there's a way to do this, like really asking the right questions about what it is that we truly desire, what problems we can really solve, what's going to fire us up and get us excited to get out of bed in the morning. So whatever your position is, whether you're a seven or eight figure business owner, creating space to ask these important questions of like how, especially if you figured out how to make seven or eight figures, then you know how to impact people. And there are so many people that went into business to make seven or eight figures or even six figures. It's just like having a job. They get to this certain point and they're like, well, this isn't really what I wanted to do because I really never asked the question. What do I really want to do? If you can figure out your gift or your genius, your purpose for being here, because I believe every single human has a purpose, maybe multiple purposes to plug into the universe and impact the universe. And then how you best bring that into the world based on your values and you know who you are and your life path and your experiences. And you tie all those together, then you can go create a fireball in the world. And you just have to figure those things out. Going back to what you said about implementing stuff in the school system so that people can find out what they want right early on. There's been studies that say that people change multiple careers throughout their lifetime. And like when you're a kid, you might want something different, right? Like as a right. kid, you might want to be like the standard jobs, like a doctor, police officer, et cetera. Then, but then as you get older, there's different, there's other types of roles that are not as popularized, right? Compared to uh, in the youth, for example, like accountants or like project managers that like you don't, as a kid, you're not going to say, I want to be a project manager when I grow right? Like, sure. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that popular. So do you think like it's natural for people to change careers or do you think it's more, they were not ever able to find what they really wanted at an early age? It's kind of interesting. And, and I don't think I know the right answer to that. I think for me, I'm an extremely curious person and I like a lot of things and I'm kind of like, some people can like really focus on like they Jane Goodall knew she was interested in animals at like is like a kid, but her parents encouraged that and they saw that genius in her. And so they built that up and they allowed her to explore her curiosities. And they didn't say, oh, you need to focus on your school. And you, they just let her be who they are. So I think it's kind of like, I don't know if there's one right answer. And I, and I think that, you know, people will, even if you know, you have a genius and a gift and you are encouraged to express it, it's going to evolve and flower and like change. And I mean, look at Picasso, how his work changed from like this to that. And then he had more influences and it changed to this to that. And I just feel like there's not one right answer. People will change careers because we get in ruts, we get bored, but we also are just like growing, you know, we're growing and we're learning and we're putting different things together from different disciplines. And there's not one wrong or right way. I think the sadness for me comes in to watch people, they get into a position that maybe they're making six figures or seven figures, but they're just miserable and they have so much to offer the world and they just haven't figured out how to express that. So that they can both be very abundant, but they can also be very happy. 
and they can also impact more people and they can just let their light shine in the world. And I think that's where finding that clarity of like, it goes like literally just when your alarm clock goes off in the morning, I'm like, am I excited to get out of bed? Or am I like just hitting the alarm clock full of dread? That polar opposite is like, if you are dreading it, it's a time to have like a self-assessment of like, what can I do differently? What can I change? What's missing here? What is it that I really want? That will bring you clarity. Asking questions will bring you clarity. Yeah, for sure. The more curious you are, the more question you'll ask and the more questions you'll ask the more answers you'll get and then at that point you'll know where you need to go for your next move right so so true max going back to what you said about like in the career term it's called the sunday scaries like if you have a good weekend and then sunday night hits and you're dreading having oh i love that i have never heard that yeah that's the term yeah it's perfect okay yeah it's it's, it's, yeah it's a career uh coaching term i think it's called sunday scaries yeah so it's basically uh you have a good weekend and then sunday night hits and then you're like, oh man, I don't want to go to work on Monday, right? So that's right. what Sunday Scaries is. Thank you yeah. for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. To add to that, right? Actually, let's take a step back. So we all have like rough days or rough weeks at work, but it's not necessarily they're not into uh, the work. It might not just be a good week, right? So maybe a project didn't go as well as you would like. So you're feeling down about your job. So what's the difference between or what are the signs in regards to whether it's just a blip in terms of oh, this is a speed bump, but I am still happy with my role. I, I think there's a blow over compared to like, mm-hmm. oh, this is not actually what I want to do. I've been in this mood for the past like few months. So how can you tell the difference between uh, like, the short term or something that, okay, I think I do have to make a career change? Yeah, I think this is a great question. I'm not sure I have like a definitive answer. I think for me, it would be, has this been something that's been going on for a while? Or is it just like some situational, oh, like looking back, I mean, I think self-assessment and self-awareness are so important. It's like, is this something where there's personalities at work? Is that what's going on? Or do I have something like, I kind of try to look at this whole pie of my life. Am I like getting enough exercise? Am I eating right? Am I having, you know, good relationships with my family? Is there some relationship at work going on? You know, kind of like the whole thing to like try to feed into like, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling right now? So I feel like, yeah, if it's, like some struggle with some change at work, maybe that's just a thing that I haven't like overcome the resistance of like, okay, this is the way it is, or there's some problem I can't solve and I'm trying to figure that out. Or it's like, no, this whole thing of like being in anesthesia is like, I'm totally over it. <laughs> you know that, I mean, it, whatever it is that you're into. So I feel like it's kind of like taking a 30,000 foot view and really kind of like trying to pinpoint what the issue is. Is this something that's just happened in the last week or two that like, no, I don't want to go to work and I'm totally just overdoing this. Or is this something that's like, no, this is like my health or, you know, some other relationship or some change at work. So I feel like really taking that 30,000 foot view to kind of figure out what's going on would be helpful. I want to briefly touch upon unlocking your X factor, as you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that everybody has that it factor? And if so, how do people find it? Yeah. So I feel like people do have an X factor. So there's a few things that are tied into it. So what is it that you're really good at, that you love doing, that you know, you're know you talented at, but it's also tied to some problem that you're genuinely curious about wanting to solve? Because like I could be a great piano player, but I don't really like to perform. I just want to do that by myself. 
So I'm not going to really have an X factor of that if I'm not going to go share that. Right. So it's like marrying these different things together. So I think the best way that I describe it is what I call the genius identity code. And that is finding what your gift, however you identify calling it, your gift, your genius, your talent, what, you know, the thing that like fires you up that you just know that you can just do so easily. It just comes naturally and you really enjoy doing it. But then marrying that to some problem that you're passionate about solving, because if it's a problem to solve, it takes energy. So you got to go put the energy in that. So really put a lot of energy into like, I'm going to go figure out how to change this problem because it's something that I've had that I wanted to overcome or whatever. So doing that, but then also making it fun to do for you. So like for me in my business several years ago, I was like, listen, I'm coaching people and I love coaching people, but there's something missing. And part of the things that were missing were putting my own creativity spin into marketing and, you know, making part of my business adventure or making it fun, like putting your values of like how you're going to bring that into the world, how you best operate. So when you can tie those three things together, that's your X factor. That's how like you're going to stand out because nobody's going to do it like you. Nobody's going to talk like you solve the problem. They don't have your your genius. That is your X factor. Getting clear on that is not easy. It takes a lot of work. So that's kind of the deal. Yeah, like just to add to that, it does take a lot of work because let's say, for example, like I'm in the resume writing space. There's hundreds, thousands of resume writers, right? And they're competing in all different price ranges, right? You got like people from Fiverr, you got content right. creators on TikTok. So you got a lot of competition and we're all writing the same type of resume. So what would be like the X factor? Is it more about the work? Is it more, or is it more about like the brand or about like how you present your solution? Like how would someone find the X factor in a very saturated space? Yeah. So, well, I haven't worked with resume writers, but I bet there's a way to do it. So do you love writing resumes? Uh, yeah. You do? That's cool. Yeah. And what is it about writing resumes that you love? I think just uh, knowing my client's story. And then uh, them using the resume and then getting more interviews, right? Like I've written cover letters right. for specific jobs for people and they end up getting an interview from that cover letter. So I just like, it's not really necessarily the work, it's the result of the work that um, right. I'm passionate about, right. right? Yeah, I think it would be interesting to have a conversation about this. But yeah, I feel like it's coming at it with a different angle. And like, you know, whether you're a car salesman or like a resume writer or whatever, you're coming at it from a different angle. And so there's some specific thing in you about the writing or the story was kind of one of the things because probably the results are like like similar right so you're helping people be confident in their job interviews and get results get more interviews right so like you know picking out like where they're starting and then like what the results are they might be really similar so like pulling out those things that are like truly unique to what your process is maybe of like how you uniquely get the story to make their resume stand out above everybody in the pile or whatever. And then tying that to like why that is in your own story of what you're so passionate about, why you're so passionate about helping them do that. And then your unique method of how you're actually going to do that. So those three, it's like a combination of those three pieces to weave into the message. So like, kind of like naming your superpower of how you're the best resume writer. And that superpower name is going to be different from anybody else's. 
and then how you're going to bring that superpower into helping other people to set their, you know, and then the result of that. I hope that helps. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's something to think about for sure. And how did you uncover your X Factor to build the Genius Code Academy? So it's been a work in progress. So it was really just kind of like I've gone through these careers, these different iterations, and just really asking the question, like what it was that I was really seeking and how I wanted to impact people. And I love coaching them on this. So I kind of already knew that, but really kind of digging down, like to start naming, you know, I believe that like when we can give a name to our superpower, it gives it power and helps us focus on it. It helps us to hone it and to become even a stronger like superpower, right? So really going back to my childhood, asking questions of, you know, what it was that I love to do, you know, what people would come to me for. But then also going back through my work history, even, you know, from art, from anesthesia, from coaching, from all these things that had this overlap and seeing like these similarities and how I could really name those and bring them into the work that I was doing in coaching. And so like, I love solving problems and I love figuring out creative ways to solve problems. And like, that was actually one of my superpowers, like looking at things from different angles and different perspectives. We used to be in a a drawing class that we would have to draw something that we were told to draw, but we had to do it in 3D. And so you couldn't walk around it. You had to draw it from your head of like, what would it look like from under here (laughs) looking up? What would it look like from over here? That gives you the ability to start looking at things outside. Like, oh, I'm only looking at this from one perspective, right? So, and this is a great exercise to do for anyone solving any problem. How could I look at it from another person's perspective? And then the other part of that was like, in anesthesia, when you put someone to sleep, you have the best path, the best plan. But what if that goes wrong? What if you have to have plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, because you've got somebody's life in your hand. So really kind of like trying to solve a problem with like, what is every angle that I could look for? And if this doesn't work, what is the next step? So all those things became part of my arsenal of superpowers. So it's really digging into your history, your path, your story, and asking all these questions. And you're going to come up with all these things that you didn't even really name that you didn't know that you had as a superpower. With all this discussion about like career changes, leaving company or leaving a business you're no longer passionate about because you want to focus on something else. For anybody listening right now, what is one takeaway or the step that you wanted to take after listening to this podcast to help them change their career trajectory for the better? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things. And one is just asking that question. So what if you're 30 years old? Is this what I want to be doing when I'm 50? And is this the mark that I want to leave on the world? Or is is there something else that like is pulling me in some direction that I'm just too, I don't know how to do it or I'm afraid or I'm curious or whatever those questions are. Like your gut, your heart, your soul is really trying to guide you to your purpose and path in life, I feel like. So listening to that, just being kind of in tune with that. And I really do feel like if you get up in the morning and go to work, it's such a good indicator of like, am I am like excited to go do this work? And this is how I want to impact people or no, there's something else. I'm like in this job because this is how I make money and I have to pay the bills and I, I feel trapped. 
So that's a big indicator light. Okay. That's the first step is this awareness of like, is this the path that I want to continue on for the next 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years? If not, then what am I going to do about it? And then I think it's just asking those questions of, you know, being curious about what is it that I really want to do? What is it that I'm really capable of accomplishing in this world? Is there some problem that you're desperate to try to help solve? And then just asking those questions and like, really, I really feel like the gifts email is one of the simplest exercises that anyone can do. And most people are blown away by the answers that they get back. It's a good exercise in feeling good about yourself. So if you're just like, I'm just going to reach out to five of my friends or family or coworkers and say, hey, can you tell me five things that you see is my gifts or that you find fascinating about me? Or what is it that you would typically come and ask me for help with? Or, you know, how have I impacted you in some way? And those five things, when you get, you're going to get 25 answers back just from five people. Just think if you ask 10 people. And you'll start seeing these patterns and overlaps and like things that you probably didn't realize were, you know, part of naming your superpower. I think it's just a great place to start and just being curious and being, you know, following those curiosities and like, ah, I'm going to give you a little secret code here. Okay. So when you're curious about something, it secretes dopamine in your brain. And when you can get the neurochemicals in your brain, like oxytocin, dopamine, norepinephrine, all those, that polypharmaceutical stuff that typically dope, like if you snort cocaine, you're getting dopamine. It's a feel good chemical, right? So if you can get those working for you naturally with following your curiosities and learning and that kind of thing, it's going to benefit you. It's going to keep you on that path of seeking the thing that it is that you really desire. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think a good example is if it takes you a while to get up, that means you're not interested in what you're doing, right? Like, you just want to sleep. Right. But if you're really excited about something, like, you want to sleep less and you want to wake up early to do the thing you want to do, right? So, right. Th- this is a bad example, but like, when I was a kid, I was very into video games, right? And I was like, I'm playing this game at night and I was getting really tired and I had to get a certain amount of sleep. So, I basically purposely woke up earlier than I needed to, to finish a game or to keep playing. Right. That's a perfect example. It's a perfect example, right? Yeah. It's a perfect example. It's a great example too. And, and the cool thing is, you know, people blow off video games is like a waste of time, but no, there's a value to that. And then people really into them, they go on to like create multi-million dollar software companies on video games. So don't dismiss your genius, whatever it is for you. It's a good thing. And there's probably something there with video games and resumes and stories and all of it could tie together. Who knows where it all comes together? We don't know how the, the universe mixes everything together to bring our genius. So, yeah, that's a good point. Like uh, people didn't take video games seriously back in the day. Now there's esports. People didn't take See, YouTube yeah. seriously. Now there's content creators, six figure content creators. Yeah. Uh, TikTok, Instagram. These are just people think like, oh, why, why are you wasting your time with that? But you can make a right. good living if you know what you're doing, right? So it That's seems right. like people like to make fun of stuff they don't understand. So like exactly. parents, they might be like, oh, my kid's on YouTube. He's not being productive. He's just recording videos. But there is a market and now there is a way to monetize if you know what you're doing. That's so true. I feel like it's curiosity, getting the skill set, getting the mindset that, hey, I can do this. I mean, there is kind of like getting there first is really good when you can do something really different. But like 
you know, having the mindset that, hey, I can do the thing that I want to do. There's nothing that's going to stop me. And when I feel like we're well, not just following somebody else, like I'm going to go be a YouTuber just because I know I can make money at it. But no, I have this special talent and I want to share it with people via YouTube. And there's, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And that's where you start getting the combination of like, it, you're going to be a success because you've got the drive. You've got the willpower, you got the talent, you got the skill set, you got the mindset, and then just having the grit of like, nothing's going to stop me. Like, I can do anything. I'm like, I'll just put up with it until I do it because this is what I really want to do. Right. Great. And again, Steph, I uh, really appreciate the uh, hour that we had together in terms of oh, me too. achieving a career clarity to help you obtain happiness in your life and career. So, you did give your, away your age earlier on in the episode. So, you have had a long career yourself. So I like to end off this podcast with a question I ask all my guests that come on. Okay. So my podcast, as you know, is about helping professionals overcome career challenges to get to the next level. So for you, what has been one big career challenge that you had to overcome in your career to get to where you are today? Whew. Okay. Let me just be silent for a second. There are so many, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of the one that will be the most beneficial to your audience. And that happened several years ago. So I think I mentioned that I was in nursing in my, so I went into nursing in my twenties and like there were some aspects of the job that I liked and I made good money and I had flexibility, but I really just didn't love my life and I didn't like getting out of bed and I dreaded going to work and I had the, like you said, the Sunday scaries and I made this decision to go back to art school. And I mean, I wanted that decision to be a real career change for me. In the short term, it wasn't. Because I couldn't make the jump from nursing to art full time. But what it did for me was it gave me a possibility of like, oh, you just went part time as a nurse. So I worked two days. So I went from full time nursing, like working like 40 hours a week. So I figured out how I could decrease my hours. We kind of talked about this in nursing to make this other thing work. So instead of working 40 hours a week as a nurse, I worked 24 because they, I found this special job that I had to work every weekend at night and all this stuff where I could make almost the same amount of money, but I spent 40 hours plus a week in the art studio. It was learning how to make something work that I really wanted really bad. It was a decision. It was a sacrifice. It was, you know, all those things, but it comes down to the point of knowing what you want and making a decision to do it. And it, it was hard. But what it did in the long run was it opened me up to new possibility to going back to anesthesia school in my 40s, which I was like, it's kind of like this crossroads of like, well, am I going to keep doing this job that I really hate or am I going to do something that I've been interested in for a long time? And that opened up a whole new world. So I think it's just, you know, kind of getting to that place where like you're always at a crossroads. You can always make a decision and a change. You're a perfect example of that. You're never too old to reinvent yourself, right? That's correct. You're not. And I will always be reinventing myself because my life is not done until it's done. And I don't want to be the one sitting in the rocking chair going, gosh, I wish I would have done that. Why didn't I do that? I was still trying to follow this path somebody else created for me. I get to create my own path every day. It's a beautiful thing. I am so grateful for that. Sometimes I'm just like, wow, what am I going to do today? What can be different? What can be fun? Great. Again, thank you so much, Steph, for coming on. So how can people reach out to you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them? The best ways to reach out to me on my email, steph at stephshinaberry.com or 
even better. Like I'm old, so I'm still a Facebook user. <laughs> so the best way is to message me on Facebook. It's Steph, it's S-T-E-P-H and it's Shinaberry, S-H-I-N-A-B-E-R-Y on Facebook. And I'm, I'm in there almost every day, except for when I'm taking a social media break. And then you can go to geniuscodeacademy.com to check out kind of like, you know, what I do. Great. Again, thanks for the time, Steph, and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much, Max. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's three ways I can help you achieve your career goals for free. First, subscribe to this podcast as I post two episodes a week. Number two, leave a five-star review as this helps build the credibility of the show so we can gain access to more influential people to interview and bring those lessons to you to help elevate your career. And number three, connect with me on social media. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on that compiles all my active social media accounts, making it easy for you to find me and connect with me. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, Thank you.